Hey everybody, welcome to the Sealers Show. I'm Chris. Uh, we got the full, what do you call it, the full gang with us. Um, Joe and Paul are here. How are you guys doing tonight? Like Fantastic. a meerkat on Groundhog Day. Woo! No show last week. I meerkat was... on any regular day. And if you like, please <laughs> listen to Accenture Show because I'm going to talk about how sick I was. And you'll be grossed out, but that's what we do on the Accenture Show. So enough yeah, of that now. But the Steelers, um, you know, I the first six weeks I've been some sort of angry when doing the Steelers podcast. I'm more mystified than angry today. Um, Steelers won 24-17. And I've got a simple question. We can take this wherever you guys want for the next half hour or so. I I feel less angry than I was in the first six weeks. I thought uh-huh. they actually played half decent. I cannot figure out for the life of me how for the first three quarters the offense is awful, terrible, and they can't move the ball at all. And then the last quarter, it looked like they did in the preseason. And you're like, wow, maybe Matt Cannon isn't that bad. Or maybe Kenny Pickett might be the guy. And, you know, the running backs are looking good and everything. I, I, I don't get it. And I know I was listening to some sewage podcasts today where some of the guys were at camp and they were trying to figure out what's going on. So, this isn't just Chris complaining. I guess the team's actually looking at too. Uh, but let's start with you guys, Paul. What? What's the? I mean, I know there's adjustments that happen from time to time, but why does it go from we're awful to we're great? I need somewhere in the middle. You know. My only rational theory, because th- this has been the I entire irrational theories. You have like. <laughs> 15 irrational <laughs> theories, but this is the rational one. Go for it. The entire three years of Matt Canada have been three quarters of garbage followed by a heroic win at the end. Listen, my that theory, could be very, based on very three real. years of evidence, very, very real. Three years of evidence before games when the team's warming up, yep. Canada blazes some really bad doobie. Okay. And he's. High as a kite for three quarters. Mm. By the fourth quarter, mm. it's worn off, and he's starting to think rationally again. Mm. Well, That's so what you're saying is when, he's, when he is partaking, somehow that makes him bad at And so then, yeah, then when he wears like, off, whoa, and now, whoa, he's, no. now he's back to overthinking. Like, usually, yeah. it like mellows you out, and you kind of don't think so much and you can be a little bit more instinctive and maybe a little slower just, yes but because it's a bad doobie he just it, it kind of messes him up he doesn't really care what's going on he just like mm. oh look at the colors moving on the field this would explain why he quarter, made no response whatsoever to that touchdown a couple weeks this back. is what i'm saying mm. yep wow and the two games we got slaughter though those were he had it a little too late and by the time it wore off the game was already over they, they did a study, and this is the first six games. So this, these are the games that won, the games got beat up in. Kenny Pickett's got a quarterback rating of in the 50s for the first three quarters and 140 for the fourth quarter. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was an amazing performance by him in the fourth quarter, but this has happened every game. Yes. Where, and, you know, maybe when they were getting beat up, maybe it was throwing more at the end and – Maybe that skew a little bit, but man, I've never seen this before. It's insane. Joe, what do you think? It's it's kind of dumbfounding, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel I, I can't help but feel that the first three quarters are overthought. And in the fourth quarter, you just got to grip it and rip it and just get out there and do what you got to do. And somehow it's happening. Like that, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that makes any sense to me. Like a, your rational plan of him partaking of some type of substance. Really, I don't know how rational that is. Uh, but <laughs> can can I put that as a sign because, above my toilet? By the way, sometimes you got to grip it and rip it and just do what you got to do. That's a golf thing. <laughs> oh no, it's a toilet. I don't, thing. I don't Believe me, I <laughs> I was trying to grip a ripper earlier today. Oh. <laughs> Listen, gripping onto the the uh, the the handlebar on the side, yeah, yeah, well, that's like a whole different thing. This is a golf thing where you just grab the club and 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 hit it as hard as you can. Strategy, be darned. Uh, yeah, that there's something, there is some type of element, and I, this was pre-Canada, so you can't. I can't think. I can't say you totally blame it on Canada, but um, there is some element that when the Steelers at some point decide to just play backyard ball, that's when it happens. I I don't like it. I don't want that to be true. I like the I, I like the comforting feeling that we have been we have prepared these plays. Like we we we've rehearsed them, we've practiced them, and we are going to execute them with a level of excellence. But I but but just watching the games, the times when things go really really well, it just feels like we have blindly stumbled into something amazing. <laughs> I I don't I don't know what to I don't know what to say. I think it also testifies that Canada is obviously insanely predictable when he starts a game with whatever strategy he had for that game. It's it's incredibly predictable for the other team. Well, and I was even thinking, like, the touchdowns we got in the fourth quarter where Najee had a touchdown, that Jalen Warren, who my, I, I, I can't tell you how impressed with that guy, but Jalen Warren just runs hard every play he gets the ball. It's almost like he knows this could be his last play ever, so he's got to go out with a bang. But, you know, those touchdowns, they kind of ran it more toward the middle, and they were running misdirections and everything. It wasn't just like, all right, you know, do a eye formation and ram it across the middle no matter how much you're expecting it. I mean, they moved guys around, and they got holes where, you know, Najee and Jalen had the touchdowns, and I was like, where is this anywhere else? You don't see us at all, you know? I inexplicable. Yeah. Well, here's something too, and you know, since I've been blocked with several of the Steelers, I know. I mean, it's probably the PR people. I mean, I'm not saying any of the Steelers are looking at my Twitter, but you know, one of the guys that blocked me is Deontay Johnson because I share how I feel about Deontay. And I think Deontay is good, but wildly inconsistent. I'll tell you, Deontay. I mean, there was a bunch of times since we started doing this podcast where Deontay would be like two catches for 20 yards or some really crappy game. Well, he came back. He got hurt in the open against the 49ers. I, I'm looking at his stats now. Five catches out of six targets, seven yards. And I really think he opened up the game 
for guys like Pickens and some of the other guys. I mean, I do, I do agree. I think that's yeah. true. Watching the game, I think that's true. And I had been skeptical of that. Yeah, I know that's what a lot of people were saying. It's, I've. <sighs> I've gone up and down with with uh, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever really felt confident in him as a number one. Um, that's just me. Uh, went through the whole season last year, not a single touchdown, and it was like, oh, Deontay Johnson's coming back this week. That'll change the game. <laughs> Why? We don't need anybody else who's out there not scoring touchdowns. And I got so exhausted of watching him run those routes where he catches the ball and immediately runs backwards. Uh, that just <laughs> drove me insane. Um, but I think it's really true in this game, watching this game, the way he runs routes, especially short routes and routes that go across the middle, I think it makes the defenses have to be a little bit more honest in their coverage, and it opens up the kind of gaps that make a huge difference for Pickens, particularly. Yeah, because, I mean, I like... There's one point that played, it was a play to the left. They actually hit Johnson in stride. I, I've been waiting for like, how many what? years to see that happen. What happened? He didn't stop, turn around, catch, and turn around and run again. Yeah, stop, wait for the ball. Yeah having three defenders just, like, swarm him. Yeah. Run yeah, the opposite way. Yeah, yeah. He, he ran some good routes. I also liked – it seemed like they threw the ball to Najee a little bit more. Uh, so Najee played a little bit more of a role than just running it straight up to middle ten times. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I'm not ready to crown the Steelers' offense as a Chiefs or anything, but, you know, when they got fired up for whatever reason in the fourth quarter, I mean – they look good. I, you know, you look at this, and I know Joe's a huge Calvin Austin fan. I like Calvin Austin, I, but I think right now Calvin Austin's a good number four receiver. He just needs to grow and learn and everything. Sure, but, you know, I'll I'll take that. I accept it. I think he's got the skills that over time are going to show. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Oh, by all but, means, he needs yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, I, I hate saying this because I I was already kicked Deontay to the curb in the years past. But man, thought like Allen Robinson, I think is a good veteran presence. When you had Allen Robinson as your second receiver, it really wasn't helping matters at all. It wasn't helping, you know, Pickens get some more openings and everything. And Austin's the third. But man, if Knockwood, these guys can stay healthy. I kind of liked what was going on. I thought Deontay just opened up the field more. I don't know. Um, but I think if you put Fryermuth back in. As a receiving tight end, uh, yep. which they are sorely lacking at the moment. Yep. Washington's See? a great blocker. He is not filling the bill as a receiver at the moment. They just need to use it, be able to use their tight ends. I, I yeah. just don't. I don't know why they're not. Because um, he's injured. Mm. Well, and that's mm. the episode. That out there. He's not playing. Lots of Steelers fans who know, like, pledge allegiance to Pat Frymouth, and don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Pat Frymouth do well. He just can't stay unhurt. It'd be, it'd be great if he'd stay off the IR. Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's almost true of every single football player, if you can just stay off the IR. And I think Washington can be a good receiver. I think right now, Stewart still needs some help on the offense line, and I think they're really trying to utilize – Washington to kind of help 
you know, the, the troops at, at offensive line. I mean, the offensive and it, line. And it worked this week. Right, right. But you're almost taking away his – it's kind of like Minka. I mean, even – he did this against the Rams. He's doing a really good job helping out with the run. But when Minka's trying to help out with the run the whole time, now you take away some of the really cool special things he can do because you're – he's turning into run stopper. So it's like – yeah, if you need a guy for a certain role like that, great. But you know, you're kind of cutting off your nose. You know, they're yeah. not doing as much as they could. So, but you can also drop TJ back into pass coverage, and apparently that works out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about TJ later. He's he, he's just been amazing. Um, kind of looking at some of the other stats. Anything else jump out at you from the offense? Not really. Positive things to say about the running game. Uh, I think I think the chain the return of Deontay Johnson helped open some up up some things for the running game, and maybe it's just because they're adding in um, Washington as a as a tight end who's much more of a blocker. Uh, and that opened up some things. Whatever is happening there, let's keep doing that. Let's keep doing that thing because positive run. The fact that we had three touchdowns and all of them were rushing touchdowns. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 And we continue our streak that as long as we score double digits, we win. I'm for it. So we're not asking for it much. Seems, it seems like a low bar. It seems like a low bar. I think we can, <laughs> if that keeps happening, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, I also have to. I have to be honest. Of all of the teams that are out there, like the teams that are still what you would call sort of the middle of middle pack, um, we've played some horrible offense for these first few games, right. and we're four and two. Oh, <laughs> I'll take our spot, man. Uh, <laughs> So I guess there are things to fix, and they are things that are fixable. You can fix them. And I think we're in some pretty decent – we're in a pretty decent spot compared to some other teams that are, yeah. you know, three and three or even four and two like us. Yeah. It's not bad. It would be depressing if you're like, man, they're four and two and everyone's overachieving, everyone's playing. I mean, I'm still kind of ticked off. I mean, I – I still don't know how many students are really overachieving at the current second. And that's almost encouraging when they're four and two, because you're like, man, there's guys could pick it up. You never know. You know, it could be a lot better. Um, yeah, Pickens is up five for 107. Um, he had eight targets. Deontay Johnson had six targets. And that was over half. Um, they threw 23 passes. So 14 of the 23 went to the top two. So. Yeah, I mean, like we said before, I think Johnson definitely helps uh, Pickens out. Um, the defense, yeah, Minka, I'll tell you, Minka had a really good game. He had 11 tackles. I, I want to see Cam Hayward come back. I want to see um, the run defense help getting better because although Minka did a great job helping out the run defense, I want to see him being able to be used in pass defense too. It seems like he's doing a lot more of a run defense, which is a little depressing. Cole Holcomb's looking pretty, pretty Ooh. strong. Yeah, eight tackles. Yep. 
an inside linebacker that's actually making an impact. That's kind of I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been a while, but between Holcomb, who's really solid, and Quan Alexander, who can really come out with an explosive play every now and then, like <laughs> not unhappy with what's happening inside linebacker right now. Not perfect, but not I'm not unhappy with what's happening there. Am I missing something? I know Steelers Twitter right now. Everybody wants everybody. So, like, if any guy's mentioned as a trade, oh, the Steelers will definitely have to go get him. I heard the Steelers being linked to some safeties, but man, you know, Mink had 11 tackles. Uh, DeMonte Casey had seven. Keon Neal had four. It seems like all the safeties are playing well. Like, I, I heard uh, Troll Edmonds got traded from the Eagles to the Titans, and people were like, well, maybe the Steelers should call the Titans and see if they can get Troll Edmonds. Do we really need them? I, I think our safeties are playing good right now. I don't yeah, feel like we do. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of spots I like to try to upgrade, but I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there was some even talk like I'm hearing Denver like wants to trade everybody now uh, because they know they're not going to be able to make it. So, um, and because you know, it's kind of like they already have. Well, Patrick's retained, and he, uh, cornerback. It's going to take a lot to uh, to get him. But I could get, you know, if the Steelers think they can put a trade together. But they were talking about Justin Simmons, which is a really good safety for Denver. And I mean, yeah, I'd like to have Justin Simmons if they can get him for cheap, but we have safeties. Like, I, I don't, it's not a position of need. I, I guess that's what I'm saying. But Martinez Adams, there was a time in Steelers' lore where he was a liability. He's really picking up as a nose tackle. Ogan Joby had a good game. Uh, Nick Herbig has first sack. Uh, I thought Joey Porter had some good coverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at the Rams, um, kind of a funny name, but um, Puku, Puka Nakua, mm-hmm. uh, who's been really coming on, uh, he ate the sewers alive. With, he was eight for 154. Yeah. But Cooper Cup, who is really amazing, he was held to two for 29. That's the thing. That was the that was the bargain. Yeah. That was the, one, mean, of them yeah. is, one of them is going to eat us up, but the other one is not going to. And so they chose Cooper yeah. Cup, and Puka was out there getting a bunch of yardage. Yeah, well, we're gonna, but he we're also... gonna clamp down on Cup, but you, you go yeah. ahead and let Pikachu try to do the damage. Yeah, yeah, and Joey Porter was on um, Cup. He had some really good plays on Cup. So, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the defense it wasn't all great. I mean, the Rams were down to their third or fourth running back. They still end up with 135 yards. So. The Steelers run defense wasn't super. I, I mean, it just comes back to T.J. White. Um, T.J. White is winning them football games. You know, you talk about some other defenders who are good. They can shut off certain sides of the field. But, man, I mean, the interception White had didn't win them the game, but really was a game turner. I mean, the, the Steelers looked lethargic and everything else. I It repeatedly amazes me how a defensive player like T.J. Watts winning games. I mean, it's just a testament to how, how great he's been. If we could clone him, just like four more of him, well, might help out a little. But if you look at it, I mean, Minka, even though he's been more in run defense, is kind of like that type of a game changer. Cam Hayward, I know he's getting older, but, man, Cam Hayward can still bring it. Say, you, know, you talk about the guys coming back from injury, it seems like Deontay Johnson's – Making a big deal, but man, if Cam Hayward can come back somewhere healthy, they say he's almost ready to come. 
Uh, I, yeah, what difference that would make? I I pity the teams that we play after he comes back. Well, just <laughs> what, I just I don't understand. I don't understand what anybody's going to do. You got Highsmith. You got <laughs> you <Yeah>. got Watt. <laughs> Well, then you're gonna have Cam Hayward in the middle, and like, what? Oh my gosh! Like, where, where do you double? <laughs> Who do you double? You have to, like, everybody on the line is gonna go up against somebody, and it leaves everybody else open. <laughs> what? What do, you, what do you do? <laughs> well, if you remember back to the off season, I mean, I looked at, I thought that Steelers had bigger holes in the defensive line, but Hayward's point was, hey, can you help me improve the line? I don't have to play. I mean, Hayward had to play a ton last year because yeah. there's nobody else. It seems like their depth's a lot better, too, where mm-hmm. whenever Hayward yes. can come back, I mean, you've got other guys to play. He doesn't have to play 100% of the time. Right. And I'll tell you, that's really helping T.J. Watt out because if you look at it, I get annoyed at the broadcasters. Like They'll, they'll look at the sideline and say, oh, T.J. Watt's on the sideline. What happened? Did you get hurt? No, I mean, no, that's when you also say, yeah, and yeah. now Nick Herbig has his first sack of the season. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcus Golden. Marcus Golden, like, yeah, and Golden's solid. I mean, he's not getting 100 sacks, but it's good because if you remember in the past, after the top two linebackers, the Sooners outside linebackers were horrific. Now you've got four good ones. I mean, you've got obviously Y, who's out of this world. Highsmith has really picked it up. But in Golden and Herbig, yeah, man, if you have to put them out there for a couple plays, they're not going to embarrass you. Yeah. Which is good. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, they still got ways to go. I still look at the series as a middle-of-the-pack team. I'm not ready to book Super Bowl tickets yet. But this is the first time I'm like, all right, it's a good win. You don't have to score two touchdowns every quarter, but try and get over 100 yards every three quarters. I mean, that's my only – Frustration, but I think everyone knows it and the team knows it and they're trying to prove it. But I walk out of this saying, Wow, good job, guys. You got a good win. Do you guys well, I, again, good. I, I tried to warn you because at, going back to our predictions, you had them at six and zero at this point. Uh, so I think right. that's factoring into your uh, curmudgeon fits at times. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, overall, I feel good. I mean, We'll talk about Jacksonville a second. I mean, they posed some other challenges, but I think they're okay. And I still think they need to try to get better in the trade deadline. It's coming up next week, and okay. I hate to make game predictions. You know, who knows? I mean, anything could happen. But, man, you know, I, I think cornerback could be a spot they could upgrade themselves at. Um, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the Steelers have been very reluctant to make any changes, so – I wouldn't hold your breath and hope to make a trade, but it would be nice if they could do something. Even if it's not an Alvis World quarterback or something, I, I just want to see him a guy that can make a contribution. You know, Levi Wallace looked pretty rough again. Um, uh, Tulu Atwell, the guy who caught the touchdown uh, for the Rams, he just totally torched Levi Wallace. Wallace was running around in circles when Atwell had that touchdown. So. Any other spot you think the Steelers could upgrade at? I mean, I mean NFL trades are hard midseason. I, I'd be kind of surprised if they made one, but is there something you'd like to see happen, one of you guys? More than anything, going back to what Pittsburgh dad said, I would love for them to finally take Broderick Jones out of his packaging and like yeah. get him off the collector shelf and 
let him get in there. And I know that they're not usually fond of just, you know, Christmas morning, bust that uh, package open and just play with it and then, you know, wreck it within the first couple of nights. But, uh, yeah, it would be nice. We're far enough in. There, are, there aren't people that he needs to wait behind. You well, know, I think the same is true with with Porter. Like we've gotten past the bye, we're now we're in the middle of the season now. Uh, you, there aren't people who you can look at objectively and say, "Oh, the this stellar play is why <laughs> uh, Broderick Jones isn't starting." Right. This stellar play is is why we have to let Joey Porter Jr. just sit a little bit. There isn't that. We're we're it's not <laughs> that's not what's happening here. So just do it. Let them play because they are better than the other people they would be replacing. It's coming up on New Year's Day. It's time to go ahead and play with the Christmas toy. Just go ahead and do it because school will start again soon, and you won't <laughs> be able to play with these things all day. I might be missing something. I like this metaphor. This metaphor is good. <laughs> well, I might be missing something. I I tried to listen a little bit more Steelers talk in the season. Has there been any talk about Dan Moore on the right tackle side? You know, put Broderick at left tackle, great. But replace Chooks. I, I, I still think Chooks is an issue. Could Dan Moore play the right side and, and have Broderick on the left? I I hear no talk about that. So either I'm so out there, it's so ridiculous, or it's been talked and it's been debunked. I mean, I, I don't know why Dan Moore can't play the right side. I mean, it, and that may be I, something that the offensive line coach is also saying. I don't understand why he can't play the right side, but it's awful, so we can't do it. Yeah, because <laughs> you kind of wonder – yeah, I, I question, like, you know, Matt Cannon, why is he still there and the other stuff? But sometimes there's stuff that in the background these guys know where there's a reason why they're not playing. Like, uh, Joey Porter, everyone's like, oh, why is he ever playing? Well, there, there was a criticism that came out where people were like, hey, you know, we, the coaches aren't thinking he's halfway well enough, you know. And he's gotten better, so that's why you're seeing him out there a little bit more. Like, I'm wondering if there's, like, does Dan Moore not like the right side of the field? Is there, you know, some or weird... He a, or does he have a weakness on that side? It may yeah, well yeah. be that, that he just, his, his right isn't, he doesn't go to his right. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's why, why T.J. Watt plays on the left. Like, <laughs> or maybe. because he's got a move over there that's better than on the right. So or, or, or could Broderick Jones play on the right side and you know, put Dan Moore? I don't know, but do something. Peace sake. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a super surveyor of the offensive line. I don't like watch games and you know just watch the offensive line. But every time, I, it seems like every time I look in to say how's Tricks doing, it, it just it looks awful. I mean, oh, they got beat on that play. Oh, they got beat on that play. Well, I'm, I'm so like, I'll watch him like, well, maybe they're not that bad. And then I'll watch another game. It's like that quarterback, like he set up a lawn chair. He took a nap. He's eating a sandwich. Jeez. He's scrolling Jeez. Netflix and the line's still blocking for him. Yeah. Well, and I still think Kane pick has a problem with happy feet, but I think there's a reason but why he does too. Well, he's going to be dead if he does In my opinion, there's a place where he's kind of danced out of a pocket we didn't have to. But he they, did that a fair amount last year for sure. 
Right, but I'm thinking... He's got two seconds until there's arms grabbing him. Well, I think the protection's gotten better, but in your head, if you're like, oh, crap, I got two yeah. seconds, yep. it's still going to play a role in your head, even if you got four seconds now or whatever. Yeah. And that well, takes a while trauma. to get... get yeah, it's trauma. It's PTSD. <laughs> and that stuff yeah. takes a while to get out of your system. Uh, yeah, for real. You got to have that faith in the line. And they're just starting to build that faith. So a couple it's going to take, take a hot second. A couple of things that popped up we should mention. Um, kicking was interesting. Um, Brett Maher, who, um, you know, he lost his job in the Cowboys. He missed like three... Uh, kicks in the playoffs last year. And, you know, that's why he's with the Rams. He's not even with the Rams. The Rams dropped him after the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he missed a couple <laughs> kicks. You know, it was funny. Everyone's like, oh, the Steelers got lucky. If he missed two field goals and an extra point. If he made all three of them, it's a tie game. You know, and I still think the Steelers were playing well enough to win. So I don't look at that as a big deal. I, I will tell you, I was a little bit bothered. I thought there was a really bad call at the end of the game. Uh, Steelers went for on a fourth and one. Uh, they were hoping to solve the game away. It really looked like Kane Pickett got stopped short. Uh, the refs made a spot that didn't look too good, uh, but the Rams couldn't challenge it because they were out of field uh, timeouts. And yeah, it was a bad call. There was like a ton of bad calls in the Browns Colts game. Oh but my it, gosh, that was miserable. Yeah, but jeez, everyone's griping about the calls, and I still think the NFL. The NFL smart enough if they really wanted to change it, they would. But everyone's talking about it. You know what I mean? And no one's sitting there saying, oh, the refs they are so bad, I'll never watch the NFL again. It's almost like, hey, anytime they're talking about your brand, it's a good thing, as long as not everyone. No, it's not. Yeah, but nobody's leaving, <laughs> nobody's leaving the NFL. Like, like, I was a little bummed out after the Colts got robbed against the Browns. But I didn't turn the TV off and say, oh, I'm never watching NFL again. I mean, heck, I watched it a ton more that weekend, you know. Um, I, I I, don't know. Um, I, I really think if you want to blame somebody, I thought it was weird that McVay for the Rams was using all of his timeouts with three minutes left. I mean, yeah. hold the timeout in case there's a goofy call because – if he had timeout, you would at challenge. this point. At this point, you have to. Oh my word! Yeah, so, there I mean, are so many funky calls that you have got to be ready with that kind of thing, and that's a coaching thing. That's a style. That's a information you got to have at your fingertips. Like I can't use this timeout right now. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a crappy call, but yeah, you know, blame McVeigh. I mean, you know, he didn't have that timeout, and the announcers were literally saying, "Hey, if you had that timeout, you could challenge the play." And they were like, well, could the refs have initiated it? Well, no, they can't until the two-minute warning. And it happened before the two-minute warning. So, look, calls happen. You know, just McVay didn't deal with it right. But it wasn't a great call. What do you think about <laughs> this? Gonna be, we're just going to have to be honest about it. It's not a great call. Oh, I'm it- glad it went our way. I'll take the win. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. There's nothing we can do about it now. That was not a great call. But I, but I and not need not even half as egregious as the like seventy calls in the the Browns Colts game. Oh <laughs> my gosh, that was the worst. I, I'm, I'm so here. awful. I'm sitting here too, and okay, it was a bad call. I'm not you know justifying or anything, but everyone seemed to be like, man, if the Rams got the ball, they would have scored a touchdown. I don't think they would have scored on the Steelers. 
Yeah, I, they had to go 60 yards, and the Sooners was playing really good at that time. So, I you know, don't I, – I think everyone's just assuming that, you know, the Rams would have came back. And I, I don't think that was the case. No. Kind of weird. Um, anything else in the Steelers-Rams game? There was some Browns breaking news today. I want to get you guys' opinions about but mm-hmm. Well, Well, the other Steelers news that's out there is that uh, recently released wide receiver uh, Gunnar Olszewski is now a New York Giant. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. I hope things go well. I had high hopes, uh, not sky high hopes, but it was like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sad for him that it just, I don't know what came over him. It's like, it's like he had the yips or something and I hope that that gets taken care of by being in a new environment and getting a fresh start. Best to you, man. But you had to go from the Steelers. <laughs> what, what is it with the Steelers? They've had like really good returners in from time to time, and they've always like flame out. I mean, I'm not expecting them. Like, remember the Ravens had this guy Jacoby Jones that he. Had, oh like, yeah, I remember him. I think he ran kicks back. The Steelers actually picked him up. And he fumbled it twice in a regular season game, like on on punt returns. Tama dropped him. I mean, he pretty much dropped him at halftime. And I, I don't know what it like, is. Why don't, you, why don't you go get a, a head start on your uh, clean up your <laughs> locker there, bud? I mean, even the guy like Devin. You, you, you literally had one job, and that was it. Yeah. And you don't have that job anymore, sir. And that's the something. Gunner had a couple fumbles and kick returns, and I was surprised he lost as long as he did because Tomlin, Tomlin's got a pretty short leash. Even if you're a running back, you know, you can't fumble too much or he's going to get mad at you. Um, oh, well, we got to talk about the upcoming game. Um, Steelers have it's uh, Jacksonville's not the best team in the AFC, but they're five and two right now. They're definitely contenders. They're coming into Pittsburgh on Sunday. I'll tell you, I'm not guaranteeing a win, but I think. Especially with it being in Pittsburgh, the Steelers have every chance in the world of winning. Um, I like what Paul said, you know, they scored 24 points. I think with the defense they have, if you can score, you know, mid 20s, you're okay. I don't think they blow Jacksonville out, but I say Steelers by three. Now, watch, I'm catching too much hope, I'm going to get my hope stashed, but I think it's a winnable <laughs> game. What do you guys think? I think it's winnable. Um, before the season, I predicted this is a loss, so I have to stay with that. Um, but I think it's a very winnable game. Um, preferably, if Canada doesn't blaze up uh, right before the game, I think that will help our chances. Uh, they've just got some weapons. Um, we'll see. But it's uh, i got to stick with my preseason prediction, and I think we'll fall short. Jacksonville can score. You know, they still got Trevor Lawrence. Um, man, I never thought I would say this, but – Travis ATN, if you remember, he and Najee were about rated the same in that draft. Steelers drafted before Jacksonville, they picked Najee. Some people are saying, what would happen if they picked Travis ATN? That might have been a better pick. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Jacksonville, I think, is a little better than the Rams because the Rams didn't have any running backs to go with. Uh, but yeah. Jacksonville's got a pretty good mix of running and passing. Uh, Joe, what do you yep. think? Uh, I've do you think that it's a winnable game? I think Jacksonville's a team that's on the rise. There's a lot of pieces there, but I don't. I, I 
yeah. They can <laughs> score, and that's that's a little bit nerve wracking because because we are are we we top, we top out in the twenties, and the past couple games they've put up thirty. So that that makes me a little bit anxious, but I think it's a winnable game. I would like to think that they come away with it just because we need to keep pace with the uh, the teams that have more wins than us just because of the bye week. But, um, yeah, looking forward at, at, at game. The next couple of games, I think, are – if I feel solid that they're winnable games for the Steelers. And, you know, the, the, the Steelers fan in me, but, like, by and large, I'm not a – I have to have the, the team – run the table. I'm not that kind of fan. Uh, I want them to be competitive in every game they play. And that's the only time I'll be truly disappointed when like the 49ers game, it was just pathetic, just sad. And I don't like that feeling. I just want it to be competitive. Yeah. Houston was also awful. You know, (sighs) that, and that's a game that, you know, when it comes down to the end, you're gonna really wish you had back to oh yeah to do what you needed to do to, to rack up some some wins. But uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous that we'll come up short this week. But I AFC, want it to be. I want to at least be competitive, please. AFC is so loaded this year. I mean, you hate to call this a must-win game because you know they could get blasted. They could still win other games, but I think they got to win the games they can win and. You know, Baltimore looked really good last week. I know they kind of uh, pooped to bed against the Steelers early in the year. But, man, these are games where Jacksonville's good. They could get you. But, man, it being a home, this is something you got to do. Um, you know, Jacksonville had good offense last year. They got Calvin Ridley, uh, the guy, the number one receiver for Falcons, who was suspended for gambling. They got him for a real cheap deal and uh, for trade and, Man, Jacksonville's pretty good. But, again, if uh, – I think Pittsburgh can win. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think they can do it. I'm looking at this whole schedule all out for the rest of the, the season, and I don't feel like there's that many games where it's like, whoa, well, that's – there's no way that they'll be in that game. That's just I, – I love that about the NFL this season. There isn't that many teams that are just, like, absolutely unbeatable <clears> – <throat> There's, there's no way. Even the teams that for for a time showed dominance, like the Dolphins showed dominance for four whole quarters, and then they like went around, turned around, and went and played somebody else and got whomped. You know, yeah, so, you've got like, you've got high tier teams losing the teams that had no business losing. No to. business, no business losing, or even just cannibalizing each other. You know, yeah. They're like, oh, the Dolphins, they, they're on pace to score one bajillion touchdowns this year. Yeah, because <laughs> they just absolutely mercilessly, like uh, Bill Belichickly, uh, refused to take their foot off the gas when they were just absolutely abusing the Denver Broncos. Because, frankly, I don't think that McDaniel what, – what's his name? Mike? Was it McDaniel? Is it Mike? What's that guy? Know, the, the- the, the Boy Scout. The, the Yeah, the guy who looks like Nick Kroll. Uh, that guy, 
just took out a page out of the Belichick book. It's like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you're doing. My team plays for four quarters, and we will murder you until you are murdered beyond murdering. <laughs> no, but the thing I like about Miami, I'm not sure if McDaniel's the greatest coach of all time, but, yeah, they put together a bunch of speed. I mean, anybody could do that. You could have, like, uh, the great show on turf, like the Rams used to have and stuff like that. Sure. I mean, they currently got it. Um, I looked. Yeah, at- but then they just got whomped. Like, well, well it's not even, oh, we lost the game. Like, they just got thoroughly thumped. I know the Eagles had a weird loss last week against the Jets, but the Eagles are going to be there. One team is surprised. Yeah, but, but then I looked at our schedule, and we don't have those teams left. <laughs> right. But that's what that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at Cardinals. I'm looking at the, the Packers right. who are suffering. The Titans, well, the Titans who we have a good history of keeping a handle on. Even if we lose the game. It won't be out of hand. Well, at the beginning of the year, for yeah. whatever reason, we handled Derrick Henry. I don't know why, and it's not even consistent group of people that he's run, trying to run against. Steelers just handled Derrick Henry. I don't know well, why. Titans have trained everybody off. They may not even have Derrick Henry when you know <laughs> fight on the This is also true. I mean, they traded all, all pro safety to the Eagles for. Troll Edmonds and a couple draft picks. And nothing against Troll Edmonds, but he's definitely not all pro safety. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, the way I looked at it, when the AFC started this year, I looked at teams like the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals as that upper crust. I think the Bengals are getting better. They can get back there, but they're definitely not in the upper crust. The Bills, yeah, they could challenge for the AFC, but they had some really weird losses. I mean, losing the Patriots is really weird. Um, and it, it could be a one game, you know, you know but they're uh, the Chiefs. I think right now they're class of the AFC, but the Chiefs don't have the receivers they used to. I mean, man, if Travis Kelsey isn't healthy, you know, they, they're looking rough too. So I, I think the Dolphins have gotten back up in the upper crust. I think Jacksonville, this game against Pittsburgh is going to tell are they upper crust team? Or they just one of the good teams out there, and I, I think it's kind of laughable to say Pittsburgh could get there to the upper crust right now. But man, you do things like beat Jacksonville now, people are like, "Hey, you know, are you at the top or are you near the top?" So I, I think this is a good defining game for both Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Is you know where are they at right now? You know, I mean, if Jacksonville could go and beat Pittsburgh. You're like, okay, Jacksonville's probably at the top. You see, you gotta get over the hump, but Pittsburgh wins. You never know. So. Yep. All right. One other thing. I'm not sure if we get this on the Exeter show. So let me mention this right now. Um, Miles Garrett, I don't know if you guys heard, he's now a part owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers. He bought in. I did now, not I see know, that. I don't know what being uh, I don't know what being a part owner of a team is. I mean, if I if I go to Pittsburgh and get five bucks to the Roonies and they're like, all right, you're in, am I a part owner? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure Miles Garrett gave more than five bucks, but is this more of a PR thing than anything else, maybe? Because isn't Usher still a part owner? So, I mean, it's like you, you see him around every now and then, but doesn't really yeah. mean anything. Is there a He's contributing some money. Yeah, I mean, you give like 100000 a year, which guys like that can do, and you're like, all right, you're an owner. I don't know. Probably more than that, but. And here's what I'm thinking, too. Okay, the Browns have a decent record. 
but you're in the middle of the season. Why are you announcing that? I mean, that proves so, you know, <laughs> I really don't care about football that much. You know what I mean? Probably because the NBA season starting this week. Yeah, so it's a big PR move and everything. I don't know. It's a little yeah. Crazy. Now's the time to announce something like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it in the middle of the year. Do it in summer when you know no one cares. Or whatever. But I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird. Do we think any Steelers are going to now become partners of teams? Uh, maybe they could get Spoke together and get a get a basketball team in Pittsburgh. That would be hey. nice. I would like that. Or, or you know, will a Steeler buy part of the Pirates or or the Penguins? You know, who knows? Well, Pirates fans would love someone else to own that team. So, uh. <laughs> and in the market, we would adore a new owner. So, I'm not sure. I, I know the teams are tight. You know, they do a lot of social media posts to support each other. I'm not sure, though. Is there anybody in the Steelers who are really avid, avid, devout fans of the Pirates? Like, you think Patrick Mahomes, yeah, he bought part of the Royals. Part of the field was, like, his dad used to pitch baseball. And it was like, yeah, you know, he grew up around baseball. So it was his way to be involved a little bit. I don't know if there's any, like, you know, emotional stories like that for the Steelers of, like, baseball or hockey. Paul, you're in Pittsburgh. Have you heard anything like that? Nope. Like, I know some of the guys go to the Penguin games, but I'm not sure if anyone's like, oh, man, I got to own that team. That would be great. I mean, the the guy who seems most connected with other Pittsburgh sports teams is David Bednar from the Pirates. So mm-hmm. that doesn't he really can't be part owner of the team he plays for, I don't think. So. Yeah, probably not. All right. Um, I'm trying to look up information on what size is the uh, the a minority stake, and of course they have not yet put out any information about how big the minority stake that specifically uh, Miles Garrett has put out there has bought in. But and so what I'm thinking is whatever that stake is. Is a story that it's Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? Like if you had the story miles, is that it's Miles Garrett. It's not. Yeah. The yeah. Um, the he's yeah. It's a small pra- fraction of the percentage of owning the thing. He's not like making decisions for the team. Well, they said he but he like, embeds himself more in Cleveland culture, and the fans love him more for it. Well, and they were saying he's a brand ambassador, so he's just showing up events, go caps or whatever. Like, there was, um, I don't think he played in the Summer League game, but I've seen videos of him dunking at Summer League games. Everyone gets all excited about that and everything. And I'm like, what have you done in the field, Miles? I mean, you've had some sacks, but, you know, T.J. Watt regularly wins games for the Steelers, and Miles Garrett just looks good, and we're finding substance behind it. So. Uh, well, he needs up no everybody substance. except for the Steelers. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, he had a really good game this week, but then, you know, Anybody would have a good game if you don't get called for all the things that you should get called for. <laughs> well, last thing I'll, I'll he say. He bought about- a minority stake in the uh, in NFL officiating. That's yes. what he- <laughs> Well, I, I will say about the Steelers, and I think the Steelers definitely have the potential to be a, a much better defense than the Browns are. But, man, you got to be careful. Those things happen. I mean, the Browns defense gave up 38 points to Garner Minshew. 
But, you know, that could happen with the Steelers. I mean, they gave up 30 to the Texans, and part of it was the offense was so bad that they got tired. I, I get it. But that's why – come on, Steelers offense. we got to start doing some stuff. You know what I mean? If Garner Minshew could score 39 points on the Browns, why can't the Steelers <laughs> score 35 points on Jacksonville? You know what I mean? Like, it's not that hard. Like, we're, we're talking about, like – can we oh, get the Colts no. offensive coordinator? Yeah, you never know. I don't know. I kind of wish anybody, anybody. I, I kind of wish. I, I think they could have gotten Garner Minshew to be a bridge quarterback, but what do I know? So, oh well. Anything else about yeah, this? Garner Minshew is basically Ryan Fitzpatrick. He gives you a couple glamorous games, and then he's oh, a lot. Yeah, he, he's a bridge quarterback at best. You know what I mean? He's a team that a fair to Midland playoff team can get. He's not going to be your franchise quarterback. He's not going to mind you, Joe Montana. But he's he can put up numbers from, for certain games. I mean, I would count for 16 games. But, yeah, you're, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick, which is the worst thing in the world. So. And, and is Justin about? Fields out in Chicago? That's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, Fields is hurt. Um, and – I don't know. I mean, there's some talk in Arizona with uh, Kyler Murray. He's getting closer to coming to practice, but there's no word of like, oh, he's definitely coming back to Arizona. I don't think he's going to get traded before the deadline because they're still trying to figure out if he's healthy or not. But I wouldn't guarantee, you know, Murray's going to play a long time in Arizona. They might look to trade him. And if they think they can get Caleb Williams, yeah, maybe they would. Who knows? All right. Anything else that we could think about? I am almost in the Joe Frost laying down mode, which could, could be a trouble for the next show. So. Don't lay down. Don't lay down. Don't do it. Oh, man. I lay down here. I'll be asleep in like two minutes. It's going to be rough. All right. So for Joe and Paul, this is Chris. Thanks for checking out the show. Uh, we're going to do a little Accenture layer. So check that out as well. Have a great night, everybody.